So I would definitely say when it comes to bivocational, uh, relationships matter. And it's not just for the students too, but the parents. And one of the advantages of bivocational, uh, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's kind of the joke, you're a youth pastor. So what do you do? You watch YouTube videos all day and, you know, do this as opposed to where it's like, man, you know, I was driving my forklift the other day and I loaded this truck, you know, and you're, you're talking to one of the students' dads or maybe their moms, you know, and they're, they're in that spot and they're just like, oh yeah. And so it just connects. So you have that relational connection there to where it's like, hey, I've been in this outside place, you know, it's not, I'm just in my little Christian bubble in my office that I created my Bible like a good Christian pastor. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show today. This is episode 133 of the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast. Excited for us today as we jump into the topic of bivocational youth ministry. For the first probably 11 years of my student ministry world, I was bivocational part-time, often working multiple jobs trying to make it work on the financial side of things while navigating ministry and trying to be effective there. So excited to be able to dive into this topic today. Tommy Burkhart joining the show uh, to kind of talk about this. Tommy's been a longtime listener, part of the Longer Hog community here for a while. So it's cool for us to connect and then get him onto the show as we were kind of talking even outside of it, what that looks like. He's recently gone from bivocational to a full-time role. So if you're living in that land where you've taken a part-time role and they've promised you full-time one day, uh, which we've all been there, Tommy actually did it. Uh, it actually happened there. So he'll share a little bit about that. But primarily, we're just kind of talking about how to be effective. What are some of the challenges? What are some of the advantages even of bivocational ministry? And how do you be effective and maximize your effectiveness there? So great episode today. Excited for you to jump in and hear and learn from Tommy. Lots of practical takeaways today for you regardless. And even honestly, if you're not bivocational and you're listening to this and you're thinking, ah, man, I'm I'm not bivocational, I'm volunteer or I'm full-time It doesn't mean that the things we talk about aren't important for you to recognize. There's definitely things that I miss about being bivocational. There are some advantages there that I have to really work a little harder at, and it's easy to forget about some of those things. So uh, whether you're bivocational now or not, good for you to listen, take some notes, and uh, hopefully come away a little encouraged and equipped. So excited to hear from Tommy today. I know you'll take away a lot from our conversation. So here we are, today's interview with Tommy Burkhart. Helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, here's your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, Tommy, thanks for jumping on today. I'm excited to jump in and talk about some bivocational ministry. Probably a topic that doesn't get talked about enough. But before we kind of jump in here, why don't you take just a minute and introduce yourself, maybe how you got into youth ministry, kind of what your role looks like now. Okay. Yeah. So my name is uh, Tommy Burkhardt or Tommy B, uh, just for short, Burkhardt Swiss and spelled weird because it's European, uh, confuses everybody. So, you know, it's there. But um, I've been in youth ministry now 15 years as of August 28th. So that was really cool. Uh, but the first 14 years were bivocational. And I kind of got plugged in like in high school, went to, went to camp, like played sports my whole life. Would I didn't go to like junior high camp. Um, I always had excuse. Oh, I have basketball games. I have football. I have this. So when I went, my it was my, believe yeah, my sophomore year of high school. And I remember I was at camp, and my brothers kept saying, "Did you ever hear of CIY or Christ in Youth back in the day?" It was, yeah, yeah. It was one of those one of those camps all the way out in San Luis Obispo, and pretty much um, when when they're praying and saying, "Hey, does anyone want to get into ministry or do youth like youth ministry in particular?" Uh, I don't know what it was, but I just felt God, you know, like saying, Hey man, this is what you're going to do. Hmm. And I didn't know where to go, how to start, what to do. Um, so pretty much as soon as I got back from that camp, I went and I volunteered in children's ministry for about a year, almost, almost two years. And then, uh, after I graduated, I went on a mission trip to Africa and I told people like, well, I want to get into youth ministry. I'm just, you know, figuring out school, looking at places. And when I was in Africa, I met a guy and he basically, they just got a brand new youth pastor at their church. They're called Seacoast Grace over in Orange County. And um, they're like, hey, our new guy here, Ryan, he's, he's there. And I think you'd work great with him. Like, you want to talk to him about a job? So I had like no degree. <laughs> no. Like I went, I went to a Christian reform school growing up. So I had like that 
but um, went and met Ryan and we hit it off. And so I got hired on as one of their like, I, I wouldn't say I was the, the main associate youth pastor, but I was one of the youth pastors there at the time, like, you know, or youth, youth minister, director, you know, all, yeah, the, all yeah. the titles. God puts you in ministry when he wants you in it. So, um, so I did that, but in the process of that too, uh, with stern and loving parents, uh, you know, they say if you're, if you're out working, you're either doing full-time work and school part-time or school full-time and work part-time or same thing, you know, you're just doing one or the other and you have to be doing it and stick to it. So, uh, I always just had another job. Uh, I've never been a big fan of debt either. <laughs> you know, I, when I first started going to Christian school and stuff, I, I would see it and, you know, I'd get like over 10,000 in the hole. So I, I'd pause my education and pick up another job or work two jobs at a time um, just to pay and afford that and then pay it off and then go back. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of how I got plugged in and I just been doing it for years. That was my thing. Uh, Mike Yellow, Mike Iaconelli was always one of my biggest inspirations. He would brag how it took him over 10 years just to get his bachelor's. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like there's more than one way to get it. And I feel like when God opens the door, he keeps it open for you. And if he wants you out, he'll gladly help you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's, cool. that's kind of how I've gotten and been doing it since. Well, cool. Well, I love this. We were kind of chatting back and forth um, about some other stuff, like through uh, probably over the last year or so, because you, we met initially through the podcast. You're in the pod, podcast group and, um, we kind of jumped on a few things and uh, we were just talking about you were moving from bivocational into full-time after yeah, the past pretty, year <laughs> after a long season of that. And so what would that look like to come in and tackle this idea of, of bivocational uh, youth ministry? Because I do think I was bivocational for the first 11 years of student ministry um, at a, at, at a couple different churches before I went into a, a, quote unquote, full-time role um, of student ministry and look back on those days still. And man, there's things that that season of ministry gave that I don't have anymore. I kind mm. of more in the loss of some of that, but there were also challenges in that season that certainly I'm glad to not have to face now as well. So um, for today, here's, here's kind of my thought. Let's tackle a little bit. Let's start with some of the challenges that come with bivocational that might be unique to that. And then we'll kind of tackle maybe some of those advantages and then some practical help for folks who might be in that spot. Does that sound good? Yeah, totally, man. So what is, when you think of bivocational then in, in your time there, what are some of the challenges that come to mind? I think for, for me at the time, especially when I was younger. So I, I had a very good season. I would say my first about seven years, uh, seven to eight years of bivocational, uh, I was single. So it was a little bit easier, you know, like I could, I could go and do my thing. Uh, you know, I worked my other jobs. Um, and between the multitude of jobs I had, a lot of them, I tried to get the earlier hours, like the 3am or 5am shift. That way you're off by two. And then you're at church for the rest of the afternoon doing your thing. Um, so it was, it was kind of nice having the freedom in there when I was single and, uh, you know, I could kind of move around and adjust, uh, uh, the biggest thing I'd say is for your place of work, wherever that is, is uh, just finding that places they're willing to accommodate you, kind of push for you and not against you. And I yeah. would I would even tell my bosses, I had one boss um, when I, I worked for a large grocery chain. I don't want to say the name because I don't know if we'll get in trouble on the podcast or not. Yeah. Uh, not there's, there's a few, but not bad. But uh, I remember for him, I, I told him, I was like, look, man, you know, like I'm not, in, I was one of those seasons where I was just working again to save up money to pay off school. So I just told him, Hey, you know, like I, I'm just asking for Wednesdays off from like 12 in the afternoon till like 10 o'clock at night. And then Sunday mornings, you know, same thing from like 7 a.m. till 12 in the afternoon. You can schedule me any other time you want, you know. Uh, I will be here for 24 hours if you need me to, but I need to be here for this, you know? And he was very, uh, very much would push back and just kind of be like, well, you know, like you just have to work the hours we want to give you. And that's that. And for me, I eventually went to a point where I had to go to the high, like the high higher ups and be like, this is for religious reasons why I'm requesting this time off. Like this is literally my schedule of availability. I don't know why he specifically scheduled me on these days I've asked. So it was kind of a, a confrontation there. And then um, eventually he got moved out of that store and they brought in another guy 
and I told him kind of the same thing, like, look, you know, like I'm not trying to be oppositional or like go against you. Cause same thing, you know, like Paul, like respect the laws of the land, uh, respect the, those you work for. And that I was like, I want to respect you and I want to do this, you know, uh, but this is what I do. And, you know, I said, it's not, it's not like the Tommy show I'm doing because I want kids to think I'm cool or something, you know, like I, right. I do it cause I genuinely care for them. And, uh, he was very, very cool. He's very, um, he received it well. And even he told me, he's like, so you're telling me like, I have, I have a closer for like Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. And so like, he, <laughs> he would bug me for those times. And then, uh, you know, it would just work well. So finding a place that's willing to work with you is huge. Uh, from that place, I went to another grocery chain because eventually, you know, you, you need to make money. Um, so I went from there to Costco and I'll say Costco because it's Costco. I think they won't care if they do. I'm sorry. We can edit it. If they're listening, they can sponsor us. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Sponsor the longer haul. So, um, so with that, uh, when I went there, it was awesome because their thing is you, um, it was a Costco. So there's two types of Costco. There's a Costco business center and a wholesale warehouse. The business center is towards like restaurants, catering companies. Like if you're going to run an office or something, so like no electronics, no clothing, no alcohol, none of this other stuff that like you just, you know, all the fruit fruit stuff at Costco that makes the giant lines is gone. So it was great. Right. But they're closed on Sundays. So I was like, that's perfect. And then when I talked to my manager, I was like, Hey Mike, I'm just wondering, you know, uh, uh, am I allowed to have these days off? And he's like, well, you're allowed two days off out of the week. He's like, so Sunday's already for everyone. He's like, so we'll just make Wednesday your day off. So that was awesome too. So literally it was like, I had the whole day to go in and do stuff and just focus on ministry for those two days. And then obviously when it came to like events or camps or things, like I told him, look, like, unless I'm sick, I'm not going to call out because you need the money. (laughs) Right. 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 So I was like, so I'll be here. And like, this is literally the only time I'll take off is for camp because you know, that's your, your vacation when you're back vocational. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Doing that. It's, oh, it's like, so I'll do that. And maybe in a, a few events, maybe on a Friday night or something. But the other benefit was they closed by 6 p.m. So oh, if nice. I scheduled something, hey, we're going to start at 7, you know, okay, cool. Run home real quick, shower, make it to church. Um, I'd have my leaders or people that are helping set up and get stuff done. And then, you know, you, you go forward. So it was very, very handy and it worked really well. Um, so, you know, it's just uh, working with that. And like I said, when you find a place that supports you and will get behind you on that, uh, it's huge because when you're pushing against it, man, it's, it's just stressful. And you know, you, yeah. you'd want to be, in my opinion, like the Romans 14 ap- approach with Paul, like you're not looking to start confrontation with mm-hmm. fellow believers, but also apply it to non-believers too. You know, you're not, you're not looking just to go out of your way to make their life miserable for no reason. You're, you're trying to, Hey, how can I work with you to do this? Like help me help you so I can help people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's kind of that. So that was, that was one of my bigger challenges. Yeah, um, I think I time is always a big one. No, you're good. I oh, think yeah. time's always a challenge. Like mm-hmm. I think um I can think for a good chunk of time I was well when I first started I was part-time and I was in college. And so I was working at an after school program for the YMCA part-time and then kind of stayed there ended up kind of okay now I'm, I'm still part-time but now I'm kind of running after school programs, still doing church part-time, right? So bivocational there. Then ended up going full-time at the Y as a teen director, working with middle school students. And at that point, I'm full-time, I'm running uh, you know, after-school programs, camps, we're taking our own mission trips, we're doing leadership stuff. So it's like everything I'm doing at the church, I'm also doing at the YMCA, but the YMCA is, at, at this YMCA was massive in terms of scope and scale. So it felt competing, right? And so at a certain point, I felt really convinced. And, and what's funny is, they would ask me every year, like, hey, what is your long-term goal here? Like, what are some things? Where do you see yourself in the organization, you know, in the next however long? And I would say, I see myself full-time at a church, not here, <laughs> which is not yeah. the best thing to say. <laughs> Please don't fire me, but... <laughs> yeah, probably not the best thing to say in a performance review. Um, so that was it, but that was kind of a normal thing. And then after a while, it just became too much. I had, you know, we had hundreds of teenagers at the, at the Y that we were serving on a pretty regular basis. And then I had uh, the church as well that we were doing, and it was much smaller, obviously. That's why I was part-time. So trying to balance that. So then I rolled, you know, I I stepped away from the full-time role, and then I was working multiple part-time jobs, right? So I was working at a little manufacturing place in the morning, uh, putting together wiring harnesses that go into robots that build cars. I was, then I'd get up, I'd go do that, come home, grab a quick bike to eat, then I'd go drive a bus in the afternoon, 
for a bit. Then from there, I would go and I was closing at this smoothie shop in the evenings at night. Um, and then on the weekends, when I could, I was painting or picking up whatever odd jobs, all while doing youth ministry right at this church. And it was a lot. It was a lot. But it was a good season. But And, and I'm married with kids by that point, right? So we're also juggling family. Um, and so the challenge of time is a very real challenge. And whether you're working a full-time job that allows you either the flexibility or the time to also do work with students, or whether you're juggling multiple jobs trying to work with students, either way, that time is a factor for sure. There's no question about oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, and definitely with that, like you're saying too, like when I... So when I got married, I, I joke around because we were, you know, we got married. We're like, we're going to have kids like in two years. And I say my daughter stuck past enemy, line, enemy lines because she was a honeymoon baby. You yeah, know, yeah. so I was just kind of like, hey, man, I joked around. I was like, it's a baby maker. I shouldn't have said that. I jinxed it. Um, <laughs> you know, never name a bad on your honeymoon. Uh, lesson funny. learned. <laughs> so with that, though, you know, we, we had like our romantic, like two to three months of marriage <laughs> before we found out right. we were pregnant. And I was like, hey. so. Uh, it was one of those things to where we had our, our we had our daughter, and then just you know for me in that season it's like I want to be there for my wife, right? And you know I want I don't want her just feeling like she's alone because when Scripture calls you, hey your your house needs to be in order and your family's your first ministry. Oh, there's Amazon, <laughs> but so uh, your family's your first ministry, you know, and um. I'm focusing on that. Like I would tell her, hey, like what do you need from me and by this point, I was at a church called Parkcrest over in Long Beach, and uh, I was—I wasn't leading, but I was interning under one of my mentors. His name is Scott Schlatter. He did youth ministry. Actually, I don't—I think Chris might have him on a friend on Instagram, but he—he uh, he did youth ministry for I think 21 years or 22. Mm. I might be wrong, but he—he he stepped wow. out recently, um, so he did it for a good while. But I was interning from him, just kind of recovering from a situation I had at a church plant. Things didn't go so smooth, you know. Uh, Always, always remember if you work at a place, make sure you blend it with the culture. Uh, yep. That's a big one. So, you know, different cultures. So I was over there kind of recovering, but the way it was, again, I'd be, I'd be working full time now at my other job. And then I was over there and, and basically we'd be going to the 830 service together. Then the, or the 10 o'clock service, I would be doing junior high. And then the 1130 service, I'd be doing high school. And so the first half of the day, it's like, you know, let's, let's run all the way over to the church with the newborn, do this. Okay. I'm going to go do this now. I love you. Bye. You know? And, uh, and while she was pregnant too, like we were doing that and it was just crazy and it was hard on her. And it, it just kind of got to a point where, you know, she's like, babe, like I need you here. Uh, like I need you with me. And I know she's like, I'm not trying to make you choose between me or ministry. Um, she, she's been very gracious in that. She knew like when we got married, kind of what the deal was like. I'd been bivocational for so long already at that point too. She understood. So when it came to us working together in that she was a huge factor, even, um, even going in full time, like we talked about it for a year, prayed about it. And, uh, she was very much on board with it. Cause I told her like, Hey, if you're not comfortable with this, you know, then, um, that's first and foremost, I don't want you feeling pressured or this, uh, She's a type one diabetic and we all know churches have great insurance. So it's like, <laughs> right. It's like, you know, and insulin isn't cheap in California, sadly. Nothing so, is um, cheap in California. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was just one of those things to where we prayed about it and it, it went well. But so at the time when she needed me, I felt bad, but I went to my mentor and I told him, Hey dude, like I, I love you and thank you for harboring me here and just letting me kind of recover, you know, in the, in the shallows before I dive back into deeper waters again. Uh, but you know, my wife needs this and I need to go. And he was very gracious and understood. Mm. So I, I probably took off in that time. I would have done youth ministry even longer, but I took off probably about like seven to nine months, somewhere between there. When our daughter, yeah. like after she was born, just to, you know, focus at home and help. And that was like probably the weirdest season of my life ever. Like not going to a Wednesday night, <laughs> like yeah. just coming yeah. to church and sitting in and not leading. Right. And, uh, it was, it was good because I needed the time to recover too. But at the same time, I was like, this is so, you know, and I thought maybe I'm done or like, oh, maybe, you know, I was like, I did, I did this all like 10 years. Like, that's good God, right? You know, bivocational, like I, I put my best foot forward and then they needed help here. And uh, I, I met with the youth pastor that we had at the time and he was phenomenal. But he basically just kind of told me uh, same thing, you know, like, hey, man, I need help. So I was like, hey, dude, I'll be the, the Barnabas to your call. You want to write curriculum? Let's do it. You want to do events? Let's do it. You want to do this? Let's do it. I'll help you out. And he 
he had only done youth ministry for seven years, but he was full-time at that time, but he had like no training, uh, nothing else. And then probably after like the fourth or fifth month of us working together, it was weird, but he came to me, he was just like, Hey man, would you want my job? (laughs) That's that's not a question you get every day. Yeah. I was like, uh, like, why are you trying to get out of here? You know? So we had some good talks, but, um, then, you know, picked back up and by vocational again. And so did that for another four years until now. And like I said, this year is my, my 15th year, but full time on the 15th. So yeah, it's been, that's cool. it's been unique. That's cool. I think time, you know, if you were probably to ask anybody, even folks who aren't bivocational, what do you think the biggest challenge would be? I think time would be pretty close to the top of that list. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think money is a is a factor there too uh, often yeah. because it, both personal, right? Like your personal mm-hmm. finances, but even budget typically is pretty limited. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> your budget is what you get paid from your other job. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, you're paying it out of your own pocket. Yeah, and then, pretty much. And, and then I don't know about you, but like for me, I would throw expectations on that list. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. the expectations of the church often isn't less just because your pay and time and role is less. They, the churches will often still want a very dynamic, thriving, large, growing youth ministry. Um, and, and that's sometimes just not feasible with no budget, no time and no office. Right. I remember when I got, I got my first office, I was so excited, you know, cause they're like, Hey, we want you to have an office here at the church. And um, so I was working at this church and like, we're going to make a space for you. I'm like, that's great. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the building. It's a pretty small building. I'm like, I don't know where there's, I'm trying to think of where there'd even be a space to put an office here. Right. And so it was like a two story buildings, you kind of the basement. It was a, so your main floor and then basement and, they took, so when you go all the way down one hallway, go all the way down, set of stairs comes and it kind of a landing, it pivots and comes down. And then the hallway in the basement runs underneath it. Well, they took, they took the closet that was underneath the stair. Well, and they made that into my office. And so I literally, I was literally like Harry Potter, you know, like under the stairs. (laughs) And so not helpful. I finally yeah. convinced them. So we, we had some conversation there and then they, they ended up changing, turning another room that was a real room and larger into a space. But, you know, there was no phone in my office. There, there was no internet. I did, there was no, like, I couldn't do anything. I'm just sitting in this room surrounded by books. It's, but the expectation was there's an office now and you're going to work from the church. And so sometimes, and even the time-wise, like I, I was putting in plenty of time, but it wasn't necessarily always consistent week to week because I was having to work other jobs outside of that. So the the expectation coupled with the time and the budget really was a together oh, was yeah. a pretty big pretty big challenge. I, I had that happen. So the the church I mentioned earlier and like I always feel bad talking because like I'm not trying to knock them, you know, like I love those guys. They're still doing Jesus and it's great. Uh but my my experience there was the same thing. I joked around with one of my best friends because he had his masters but he was working at a museum. And I was like, hey, man, I have an office. What do you have? You know, So like I would joke around with them that way. But um, when it came down to it, I know when I would talk about things like budget, I remember uh, I didn't ask for an increase of my budget, but I made just more line items on it just to show like, hey, this is what I like to be spending on towards. These are my goals to kind of give my expectations of what, you know, I want to see happen in the youth ministry and do it. And I remember my pastor pulled me in and he was mad and he was like, why are you asking for a bigger budget? And I was like, I'm not like if you add it all up, it's still only this much. <laughs> like, I'm not, right. I was like, if you give me, if you give me one, cool. Like I'm, I'm yeah. flattered, but you know, I was just like, I'm just trying to figure this out and do this uh, within the the means you've given me. And you know, he would tell me the same thing when I did youth ministry. You know, I'd pay out of pocket and I'd do this, and I was like, cool. Like I'm, I'm doing it too, and I get it, and I respect that. You know, I'm like, but there's some things. You know, we have to go rent a bus. I don't have the money to go and do that or we need to get this. It's like, that's, that's hard. So uh, we had a few hard talks about that and when things would come to it. And I just told him, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to again, be disrespectful or be rude to you, but like, I'm just being as transparent as possible without trying to like, make it seem like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be like an Absalom to David in that moment where it's like, Hey, you know, I'm I'm trying to scheme against you or do this. It's like, I'm just being transparent. And I feel like my hands are tied behind my back in some of these situations. And I was like, so I don't know what you want me to do or how you want me to do it. 
Um, so I'd always ask like, what are your clear expectations or like, what are your goals or what would you want to have? And there's a lot of time to where, um, like one of the ones that drove me crazy personally, and he's a senior pastor doing his own thing. So I get that, but he would ask me to type out my messages and give them to him. So I would, and then I'd be like, Hey, did you get to read it? You know, that's a whopping five page message, double space, nothing crazy. He'd be like, Nope. And I'm like, what do you mean you didn't read it? So I get flustered. Like, you're supposed to be helping investing in me and doing these things. But at the same time, like you won't even read that. And the, there are times where I was tempted, you know, and just, and this is out of, in my opinion, a not good frustration, not a healthy one, but I don't know. Right. So Jesus rode in on the unicorns and slayed the dragon, you know, and did this just to see if he'd read it. Uh, that'd be horrible. But it was things like that, that would frustrate me. And so uh, I got to a point to where I would just do it. Or sometimes I'd just stop and I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do, you know, cause you, you don't read them anyway. And then, uh, if I ask you to double check it or do this. And so I, I had those expectations or hopes while being in bivocational ministry, same thing, you know, cause I'm not in school. I didn't have a professor yeah. grading my papers or looking at things. Um, you know, I work full time and I do this. And so it was, it was an unfair expectation too. I was placing on him and that's something I felt could have been communicated but I think for him trying to be like a good pastor of the goodness of his heart, he didn't crack down on me that way. You know, he was like, dude, I'm sorry. Like I'm busy, you know, yeah, but me yeah. wanting to like, I want to grow and do better. He, he's a phenomenal communicator. So I was like, dude, like I want to be, I want to be like you, you know, like that was my mindset. So yeah. um, there is tension there and it, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. And it's like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. But it just happened. And that's something, you know, when you're by vacation, you get to because same thing when I started dating my wife, uh, even though we're supposed to have Mondays off, I'd still come in on Mondays, you know, I'm like, I'm single. What am I going to do? So <laughs> I was right. going to do that. And then when I stopped doing that, he's like, Hey man, why'd you stop coming in on Mondays? And I was like, Oh, you know, like I'm dating a girl now. And he was like, and you, you could tell like, he was like, well, why are you not coming into church and working then? You know, like or bring yeah. her. And it was like, like, Cause again, unneeded tension that wasn't there, or maybe I read too much into it and I thought it was a bigger tension than it actually was. But I was yeah. like, well, I thought I could take this day off. Like, and at the time too, like I wasn't paid, I wasn't getting anything from them. Right. Um, I just wanted to help. And so that was other thing too. When, when I did start getting paid, uh, elder asked me, you know, what do we pay you? And I was like, Jesus points, like, woo, woo, it's all good. <laughs> and then, and then I told him too, like, you know, not, not trying to be like, oh, I'm so holy, but I was like, Hey dude, like, you know, it's good because I just want to see the church thrive and you guys are an awesome place. And I was helping them get their youth ministry up and off the ground. And so um, I was like, that's that. And I remember it was one of the most awkward things because we would meet every Wednesday, me and the senior pastor. And that Wednesday came in and I could just tell him like he was irritated. And I was like, oh, he seems mad, right? What What did I do? You know, what's this? And he goes, how much? I just started going back to school. He's like, how much do you pay for school a month? And I was like, 450. He's like, we'll pay you 500. <laughs> <laughs> For that and that's still a huge blessing you know because it's yeah. for school but you could just tell and i was like i promise i didn't tell them anything i didn't ask for anything like i was just being my sarcastic self having fun and uh you know and i and i get it because the church starting off you need the money to go to places or yeah. you may have ideas or things you want to do and it's going to somewhere where you're not expecting so like i i can see where you know same thing you know, if something happens in the, the youth room, I remodeled. If something goes wrong in there, I have something in my budget. Oh, we can get new lighting or some sound equipment or this. I'm like, oh, never mind. We have to fix this now instead. Right. You know, so I, I can imagine it's something like that. And so I wasn't, I wasn't mad, but you know, it's one of those things again in my vocation ministry. You're like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, right. I don't know what to do here and not what make if, you mad. What would you say, like, if you think it back, what are some advantages to bivocational vocational ministry? Because I feel like oh, those uh, are never talked about. Yeah, definitely. So I think one of the biggest advantages actually, so one of the things I've seen, and I'm not, I'm not trying to knock schooling while doing this, because even, even right now I'm back in school again, I'm over at Vanguard doing some stuff, so I'm excited. Um, but, you know, I feel like when it comes to actually being in a workplace or a work environment, so like I said, when I was at Costco, I was one of their main guys running the meat department over there, it was me and two other dudes, and we were doing over like, 300,000 sales a month. And yeah. so, you know, like you like, jokingly, I learned how to use Excel. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. But uh, on top of that, though, you know, you get management training, you get people skills, uh, you have people come in. And again, since it was Costco, what do you mean you're out of this? I can't believe you guys don't. It's like, I'm sorry, the, 
like hundred thousand other people who read our ad came and bought it before you. <laughs> right. My bad. So you get yelling, you know, when they get mad, they come and yell at you and it's like, I'm sorry, would you like to speak to the manager? And you know, same thing. Sometimes you get an angry parent and why, why did this happen? Youth ministry? Why did this happen to my kid? He's being bullied. And like, you see it sometimes, but then other times just when you don't, you know, something slip under the radar and it's like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea, but same thing. Hey, would you want to go sit down and talk with Jack about this? Like me, you and Jack, just so, we're all on the same page and we're, we're good here. We can have that. Um, yeah. you know, so it was kind of things like that. And then same thing too, like when, well, what do you guys want on your budget? Like I can make a spreadsheet and say, this is what I want to do. This is for my leader training. I want to invest in this is for my students. This is for our sound equipment that I want to do. This is kind of for some remodeling and needs I just see, you know, and then this like, just in case of emergency or something happens. Yeah. So it's like you, you get those skills and, um, I mean, it kind of like, I, I would see some people come into ministry at that point or even younger people than me and not that they were bad at it, you know, but when it came to, oh, I have to do this and I just don't get it. And I'd be like, what do you mean you don't get it? You know, like you went to school. And so I'm, I'm automatically assuming, you know, like, hey, the books you read should teach you this, but the difference between hands-on actually learning and doing, um, you get that in a work environment regardless. So like you have to do the work. Yeah, so that's so good. That basically helps and that carries over a ton because even even now there's still stuff I do to where I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I learned this over here and people that's so smart. And I'm like, well, thank them. They wrote the book on how to do it. <laughs> you know? like, it wasn't, it's not a uh, comedy yeah. original idea. You know, it's like this is from Costco or this is from over here or this is from a wire manufacturing job, you know, like but you yeah, just take those yeah. things and you see it's a system and it works well and you apply it to your ministry. And if it works, you know, okay, use it and help it thrive. Yeah. So, I think, I think I miss being around uh, people, lost people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think uh, the sometimes the challenge in being full time is that you're always surrounded by Christians, mm-hmm. either other either other staff or folks in your church. Where yeah. when I was bivocational, the majority of my time was spent working with people who didn't know Jesus. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. there was constantly opportunities for me to build relationships and to get to know people who were, mm-hmm. you know, just doing life. You know, yeah. I, I'll know my neighbors now, but I, even then I have to go out of my way to get to know my neighbors, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I'll i know people because of we tend to run in the same rhythms as humans, right? So yeah, you get to know the, the guy at the coffee shop or you get to know the whoever because you see them. But even then it's just a passing relationship mm-hmm. where as, a, as someone bivocational, I was doing a ton of ministry outside of my job just as a believer. Oh, yeah. And they didn't really care that I was a pastor, most of them. No. <laughs> I think the coolest part is, so I would have it actually, so the last job I worked before full-time, I was at a wire manufacturing company, and what everyone knew there, I was a Christian, you know, and I'm I'm very transparent when it comes to my faith. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, like I'm, I do my best, you know, just try to love Jesus and love him well, and, you know, that's that. But it's funny because the certain questions or things we've brought up or ideologies even, it's like, hey, well, what does the Bible think about this? And it's like, oh, it's funny you ask. Let's talk about this now, you know? And for me, that was kind of like the the Jesus juke to where it's like, well, you opened the door. Now I'm going to answer it and use, right. you know, uh, everything. Not not sound, It sounds kind of mean, not a way, but like, you know, everything in my arsenal that I do have yeah. to talk to you and persuade you for this, you know, because you get... You get questions in the workplace. You know, you have guys at the strip club last night doing this. It's like, hey, why do you think that's a good place to be? Right. You know, and just challenge it. You know, just kind of like, hey, this this worldview, or you know, we're we're going to this party. Do you want to go? It's like, no, nah, like I'd rather I'd rather just go and do this. But you know, I'll talk to you about it. You know, and some I know mostly mostly adults on here. You know, some Christians drink, some don't. But it's like, hey, if you do want to go have a have a pint, or you want to go do this, like we can do that and talk over this, you know, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, Hey man, you know, like let's go get plastered and then right. maybe we'll talk about Jesus. So I always found it very unique and that's the biggest thing too. Um, I think a lot of people forget that your workplace is also your mission field, Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's yeah. something that carries over. And at the same time too, you know, it's like iron sharpens iron. You're with your fellow believers, but when you're back out in the world, um, you can see, Hey man, like I know it sounds like, not sound mean again, but like, are you, are you actually cutting and you're doing the things that scripture calls you to do? You know, are you teaching, rebuking, correcting? Are you living in righteousness and not like, is that checklist, but just saying, Hey, like, can you say, you know, you're, you're being set apart 
while also still loving the world but not being in it. And I think in bivocational, you really get to see that and have it happen because I think, you know, um, for some kids too, you know, they go to school, they're at a Christian school. And I, I get it. Like I said, I grew up in a Christian school. Uh, not everyone's Christian at Christian school, but right. you can you kind of have that thing to where it's like, Oh, well, I'm here. I believe in God. And that's, that's it. So, you know, you can't do that as opposed to where if you're actually going out and you're in that place now, it's like, Hey, I can witness to these people. Or, uh, one of the funnest places I worked, actually, there was one person there, Buddhist and another person was a Mormon. And they would always come to me with like questions. They'd be like, well, doesn't the Bible say this? And I'm like, that's a Christian catch a phrase more than scripture. <laughs> you know, like, right, it's right, a nice right. thought, but it's not biblical. So let's actually talk about this now. And like, I think the, the biggest thing too, like biggest thing too is knowing your scripture. Cause then you can say, Hey, let's go look at scripture and see where it talks about this and says it. And then you can kind of guide them, look at the context and hopefully in some way, shape or form that seed is planted. And, you know, yeah. you know, you, maybe you see it, maybe you don't, but God's going to do something with it. And I think that's the coolest part. So that's like a yeah. huge benefit. No, I think that's great. I, I worked as a commercial electrician for a bit and, um, I was called everybody on the job sites would always call me rev, you know, cause they knew that I was <laughs> a ministry. And so they were always asking me stuff and questions and it was amazing how many conversations that would come up and just life, you know, I would get to know, people and and for a lot of them in a weird way i i was their pastor even though they weren't believers Mm -hmm. Um, it was cool and then you have a few on each that would be believers and you know even just encouraging each other some of that was always Mm -hmm. was always good so then let's talk through a little bit then practically uh i want to give some helps here what are some things practically that you would tell someone by vocational hey here's some help or some tips on really being effective in that capacity in a bivocational capacity? Uh, so I would definitely say when it comes to bivocational, uh, relationships matter. And it's not just for the students too, but the parents. And one of the advantages of bivocational, uh, you know, because sometimes, you know, it's kind of the joke, you're a youth pastor. So what do you do? You watch YouTube videos all day and, you know, do this as opposed to where it's like, man, you know, I was driving my forklift the other day and I loaded this truck, you know, and you're you're talking to one of the students' dads or maybe their moms, you know, and they're, they're in that spot and they're just like, oh, yeah. And so it just connects. So you have that relational connection there to where it's like, hey, I've been in this outside place. You know, it's not, I'm just in my little Christian bubble in my office. I created my Bible like a good Christian pastor. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, you have this. And that helps because you understand, you know, hey, dude, I get it. You're working a nine to five, you know, or, or some of the other ones. Same thing, dude, you're working 3 a.m. to 12 also. Like, I feel you. I feel your pain. Yeah. So you, you get to have that relationship there that bridges that and then when you have that too same thing with the students you know you can sit there and tell them hey man you know i i get it it's hard like you guys are in school it's like wait till you get to go to work <laughs> right right it's, it's one of those things so it's like it's cool basically but you get paid for it and at the same time you mess up you get kicked out so uh i, I think that helps a ton and so just figuring out the relationships so that was my thing too like i could sit down again with a parent and be like, hey man, you know, like, uh, how, how's work going? And mm. they, they know that, you know, I'm not just trying to, you know, like just pass the time, like, so how's the cloud look today? You know, it's like, hey, you know, like, is your job going well? Are things going good? And they, they understand that you understand. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel not, I'm not saying all parents, but I feel like there is a lot of blue collar workers out there these days. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like white collar is good too. They're both, they're both great, but, in a way when you can just kind of connect with them on that level, I feel they're open to trusting you more and they know they, they know you're kind of in the world and dealing with it. So yeah. I've, I've had parents and not, not that it's the best advertisement I'd ever want, but I've had parents say, Tommy could take my kid to a strip club. And I know they're going to talk about Jesus. And I'm like, Hey Art, that's not cool, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Except Tommy doesn't do that. Don't yeah, spread like, rumors. Yeah. I'm like, Tommy would never do that. But I was like, thank you. You know, he's like, well, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I trust my kid because I know you deal with these things and you're, you're good with it. And so it's yeah. like, Hey man, you know, just say, I trust Tommy with my kid. <laughs> right. That's that would have been enough. But, That's sufficient. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like that, you know, but even then it's funny because you get those, like, that sounds bad, like those people, but you get the relationship with people that kind of yeah. have that mindset or they understand. And it maybe doesn't sound the most church talk or the most orthodox, but again, you know, you're, you're connecting with them and, they, they're trusting you with their kids. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of huge, you know, um, and um, yeah. I know. Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's like my biggest thing there. And then too, it's, it's managing time would be the other one, but I feel like 
we've talked a lot about that already. So, yeah, but I did, rehash, but I would say with just some practical things that I found helpful with time, and I've said this before. Um, so this this you know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may have heard me say this, but and this holds true part time, full time bivocational volunteer. It doesn't matter, but I think especially as a bivocational youth pastor, it helped me a ton. My wife and I had the philosophy that we, we were going to bring kids along. So mm-hmm. instead of instead of me trying to plan extra things on top of an already busy schedule because I was working multiple jobs, oh yeah, we would invite them in. And so just practically, kind of here's what that would look like for us. If I had uh, leaves that need to be raked, mm-hmm. I would invite students over to rake my leaves and I would buy a $5 <laughs> pizza, you know, hot, hot and ready pizza. And yeah, I yeah. would... <laughs> I'd hand, I'd feed them pizza and I'd hand them the rakes and we would just talk. And and I would learn so much and do so much life and ministry while they're doing the leaves for me. I've had students come over and help me work on cars. I've had, you know, whatever that looks like. My wife has had, had girls come over and help when she was making snacks or goodies or, you know, whatever it is that you do, invite somebody in. I rarely in the bivocational days went on any errand by myself. If I had to go to, if I had to go to, if I had to go to Home Depot, I was bringing a couple of guys with me. If I was, you know, I was always trying to find ways to invite them in. Our house was open often, and I know that's true for most youth pastors. But, but we had kids over. But I, I just would say you don't have to go and add things to your already busy schedule a lot of that relational aspect that you're talking about comes just by inviting kids into something you're, you're going to have to do anyway, or that you're already doing, you know, I think those rhythms helps because you're going to try to fight this balance of time and money and expectation. (laughs) And you're you're just going to lose. You're just going to lose. Yeah, it's going to, well, the same thing with that, because you're pouring so much of yourself into one thing you know, and you're, you're trying to, I would compare it to, you know, you got three different pitchers and you're pouring one out into the other because the other one's overflowing or spilling everywhere. And then you're trying, well, wait, let me pour it back into here. And before you know it, you're running empty on all of them. But I, I totally agree. I guess, I guess with relational ministry, I should have, I, I think I talked more about parents with that too, because that's, that's kind of been my big thing here is building the relationship with the parents um, over here at Harbor. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of been, uh, it's weird, not bad, but I've had it to where when I did ministry out over more towards like, I don't want to say like full inner city, but more like suburban areas like Lakewood, uh, Long yeah. Beach, you know, um, hey, let's have a parent meeting. They're all there. Uh, when I first started here, I was like, let's have a parent meeting. And like one showed up and I was like, hey, right. it's a start, you know? So that's kind of my thing. But with students, same thing too. You know, when you, when you bring them along, it's, I know to them it, or to you, it might be like, it's just literally, you know, I'm going grocery shopping. But to them, it's like, dude wants me to go grocery shopping with him. Like that's sick, you know, like, and they get yeah. excited. I don't know if they say sick, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, We did. We did. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right? A, <laughs> yeah. I think so. I mean, when I look back, I've kind of been taking some notes here. Like we, we really said main challenges, time, money, expectations. I think there's probably more, but those, are, I think those definitely show up, you know, the advantages of building relationships outside of that. I think I love your point on, just practical skill development, life skill, so many things that I learned outside of the church I use on a daily basis in my role now. Like that is a massive, massive advantage to that. And then I do think, yeah, even that idea of bringing them along can be, that's true with parents too. More than ever, there is a need to lean in to parents. And I think churches are recognizing that more and more. We kind of talked about that before as well. But the, those relationships matter. I, I think, you know, I will say too, if you're listening and you're bivocational, let me encourage you by saying you're doing better than you think you are. I, I think the whole time I was bivocational, I just, I felt so frustrated at all the things that I couldn't do. And I would see other people doing and I was like, oh man, I wish I could do that. Or one day, you know, and the, the reality was I became full time and I don't have any more time. Uh, it's just different. All my time is now is shifted around. And so we we were kind of even before we started recording, like there I do feel the loss of a lot of things for my bivocational season that I that I do mourn a bit, you know, not having that those relationships and uh, just kind of that even some of that experience learning yeah. co- consistently growing and learning in that in the workplace. So Yeah. And I think 
I think for a lot of people, when it comes to bivocational, it's the same thing. Um, you know, you're still doing ministry and God still has you there for that reason. It sounds like, don't sell yourself short. There's no reason to. Uh, I know for me, I think Mike Iaconelli is something. I always go back to him. I, I love his approach, but he'd say, you know, I'm a Kmart pastor because he wasn't ordained. Uh, he didn't have that. And so he, he felt almost like imposter syndrome, you know, like I'm, I'm this person who's not here or shouldn't be here when it's like God's still using you to do work. And, you know, sometimes you get that feeling. It's like, well, will I ever be full time? Maybe I'm not called to this. And you, you wrestle with it. And I think the, the cool part about that too, it's like, when you get to that point, I'm not saying, you know, just cause you're doubting, but then, you know, you get to test the cut of your sales and actually see what it is. You can say, okay, well, this is how I can learn to thrive, or this is how I can learn to grow in this area that I feel maybe I'm not doing as well. And are one of the constant questions I ask, um, uh, I'd ask my pastor, whoever it would be, or I'd ask my leaders and even my students. It's like, Hey, you know, I know I'm doing this bivocational. So where's an area that you think I can improve? Yeah. And I know, um, you know, Sometimes you have people that are <laughs> brutally honest and you're like, well, thank you. I'm going to go cry in the corner for a little bit and I'll get over it. Um, and then there's other ones where they tell you and it's like, Hey, look, you know what? Uh, you do this great, but then I think there's something here. Maybe you can still work on. And I think in a bivocational area, um, almost in a way, because you're in another workplace too, that gives you more time to step back and reflect whereas opposed to full-time ministry. Like I said, this year, I've officially been um, nine months and or nine months and 15 days in. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's times where I've been like, this is cool. But, you know, it's like this is even for me, like outside, like, you know, this is so much slower. It's like or I, I drive my boss crazy. He's like, can I go to the bathroom or can I go do this? And you're like, the flexibility you have is nice. Um, it's, it's definitely a blessing in ministry. But then it's kind of like I almost feel if you don't structure it yourself, you know, it's, it's going to collapse around you or everything's going to pile up till it's too much, or you're just not going to do anything at all and make yourself ineffective. So with bivocational, you still have that discipline that you're working on daily because you're going to a workplace, you're actively doing it, you're pursuing it, you know, you're, you're either hustling or just doing what you can. And that's huge. So it's like, when it comes to that, don't think, you know, well, just because I do this, I'm not good at this now, or I'm really equipped. Or I had one youth pastor who I worked with when I first started as a volunteer he would tell me the same thing. He's like, dude, like you're a youth pastor too. Like you just don't have the title. And like, and he's like, I appreciate you for that. And so you're like, Oh, like, you know, when he, when he said that, I kind of clicked like the work you bring and the things you do are still ministry. And it's a blessing to this and these kids, you know, and the church as a whole. So definitely don't sell yourself short. Before we kind of wrap up here, is there a, a resource that you throw out for folks? Yeah. So uh, obviously we talked about time a lot. Uh, there's a very good book by Frank Beeler called The Myth of Balance. And uh, same thing, just when it comes to balancing that, uh, you know, because add in, you know, maybe you work two jobs outside of ministry. Maybe you work two jobs and you're married and you're still doing ministry. Or um, when I was younger, same thing, you know, I do, I was in a band, which we called a ministry. And then I was in ministry and then school and dating, you know, that's a, whatever you do, it keeps you busy. Uh, you know, this is something that helps you kind of, build a strategy one when it comes to balance house a myth <laughs> it's, yeah it really yeah. is unattainable but you know when it when it comes along to doing these things like how can you include your family in the process how do you include your students in the process you know and uh your spouse um just there's tons it's tons of the great stuff in there like i don't want to spoil it i want to encourage people if they don't like reading it's on audible too cool. um or audio listening places so check that out. But I, I would definitely recommend it because that's like for me, when we had our daughter, like there's some things in there where it's just like, Hey, uh, daddy, especially she's young, you know, she's only five, five and a half now, but when she's developing, you know, and I'm, I'm, she knows I'm going to work or like I'm at church or I'm working or doing this, just writing little thank you cards and asking the staff to sign it. And I go by like a little dinosaur from the dollar tree, <laughs> put it in there and just give her a goodie bag. And it's like, Hey, thank you so much for letting your daddy spend time with us when we needed them in this season, like when it's, you know, Christmas, November, like, you know, mm. um, Easter and just saying, Hey, you know, so she sees that and it's not, um, not building that resentment towards the church or like, Oh, like yeah. they took them there Cause you know, there's, there's a lot of people, you know, where uh, we want to say church hurt, you know, or it's like, yeah. Oh my yeah, dad yeah. cared about church more than me or this. And it's like, you know, my biggest thing is like not causing that to my daughter. Yeah. So, or same thing. I've, I've literally brought her with me. I don't know how many meetings now. And my wife laughs. 
she's like, she's like your personal assistant. I was like, yes, she is. And she'll correct me too. So, <laughs> you know, it's there. So that's a great that's resource. Awesome. I'll put a, I'll make sure there's a link for that in the show notes for everybody who's listening. And then Tommy, if folks wanted to connect with you after this, what's the best way for them to find you? Oh, so I'm super not popular on Instagram. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on Instagram and I love networking. Uh, just uh, if you look up Tommy Burkhardt or uh, it's spelled B-U-R-K-H-A-R-D-T. Um, and the D is silent like Django. It's just in there. Like I said, it's European. So I don't know why. If you look me up, you'll find me. Bald headed guy, tattoos, beard. Not hard to miss. Um, my profile is public too. Just because like I said, in ministry, I've always just left it open. Um, so you can find me on there. Uh, I'm on Facebook. My email is just tommyb at theharborchurch.org. So if people have questions or you're just, you know, you need someone to listen while you've been about, dude, bivocational ministry is hard. Like we got you, man. Cool. <laughs> we're, in, we're in your corner and we're rooting for you. That's so. awesome. Cool. I'll put a link for that as well for folks to, uh, to grab and connect with you. Well, Tommy, thanks again, though. Thanks again for jumping on. Uh, I know the topic's super helpful. A lot of folks who listen, I know are, are in that bivocational role. And I think we've said it throughout. I'll just say it again. We want to encourage you not to give up. It's not, you don't have to be full-time. You don't have to be full-time to be effective. You might be more effective actually in a bivocational role. You're not in it alone. There's plenty of folks there with you trying to help. You know, we know the challenges that, that are facing and uh, hopefully you found this encouraging and helpful. If you want to reach out to Tommy again, I'll have the links for that, uh, for his info there on the show notes page, as well as the book that he recommended. And thanks for tuning in and listening today. We hope you have a great week. Keep running at Teenagers, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Longer Haul Youth Ministry Podcast. Before you go, hit that subscribe button to keep these conversations coming. For notes, resources, and to join our community, swing by thelongerhall.com. Stay encouraged, keep making a difference, and remember, we're in this for the longer haul. Catch you on the next episode.